Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard, where nostalgia replaces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept. In 30 years. This is a podcast about Disney's Darkwing Duck as he appears in any medium. There is one thing that we know here on Sleepless in St. Canard. We love Darkwing Duck. I feel like we need to underline that right now because we have a lot of gripes and criticisms that we wave our arms around wildly about, especially in the comic episodes. But rest assured that this show has sent a flash quack straight to our hearts and really made an impact on both of us to the point where, well, you know, we made a start. We started a podcast. <laughs> Speaking of, this is our 30th episode and schedule willing will mark one year of sleepless in St. Canard which is astounding. We want to thank you listeners so much for spending time with us while we talk ducks and engaging with us in completely ridiculous show that we like Launchpad are piloting. We truly appreciate you. And I truly appreciate Ange who not only is a wealth of knowledge and a great co-host, but has dedicated so much time and effort into post editing, post editing the episodes, which is no small feat because as you can see, I cannot speak very well. So thanks for one year of awesome, Ange. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And in light of this, we are going to do something a little different today. We're going to have a bit of a chat rather than any reviews or ratings. So you want to tell the peoples what we're doing for our 30th one year anniversary? Uh, so, well, today on the menu, <laughs> <laughs> the menu, the agenda... We'll look at the podcast statistics because there's some illuminating statistics here based on you, the listeners, and certain things like your favorite episodes, what countries are listening to the podcast, and I thought that was very neat, so we'll talk about that. We're going to chat about why Darkwing Duck is so important to both of us, and we'll talk about where we plan to go in the future with the podcast, and oh, also, what we've learned personally since starting the podcast. I have learned nothing. <laughs> That's not true. I've learned a few things. Very important things. So you want to start up with um, just talking about the podcast as far as maybe things we've learned along the way? Yes, because even though it's only been 30 episodes in just a year, I feel like I can't even listen to our first episode, episode zero, because I'm terrified to listen to the audio quality <laughs> of it. And even now, I still struggle with the post-editing, trying to keep the quality as good as possible. But audio is so tricky because you need to have a proper space. And the thing, of course, that I did not do in the earlier episodes is I didn't dampen the sound around me I'm in my bedroom and obviously sound travels so it bounces off the walls and it creates an echo and since then I have joined Kitty in the art of putting a blanket on top of my head in yeah, and that's actually one of the things that I have noted here is that we've learned a few things as far as this but particularly being under a blanket helps the sound thanks to our friends over at into the falls a gravity falls podcast uh, for the tip because they mentioned it and if you're a fan of that show they're delightful humans and you should give it a listen but yeah so now you have to all adjust your mental image of me and Ange recording this podcast but we're both underneath blankets like we're at a long distance sleepover aren't we always though 
<laughs> I think that's true. I think we always are. Under the, under the blankets, telling you're telling me spooky stories as of late. <laughs> very scary. Spooky stories of 2005. <laughs> yeah, so under blankets. And I'm sorry, I just wanted to chime in there if you have more in that vein of thought there. Please go. Yeah, and just in general, even the settings on my microphone, I use a Blue Yeti, which is a very common microphone that people use when they record podcasts. And it has a few different settings on it. And it's really hard to just hit that sweet spot, especially because the way in which we record is that Kitty and I are on a Discord call, and then I simply record the call through OBS. So all it takes for the sound to be knocked off is if one of us ends up being a little too quiet or a little too loud just based on all these different settings because you have to consider the settings of the microphone and on my desktop essentially where it's recording Kitty and that can be the difference between an episode only taking a few hours to post edit or taking like a day because... Even uh, most recently, the campaign Carnage arc, there were several episodes where Kitty was exceptionally loud and I was exceptionally quiet. And so I had to painstakingly go through every time Kitty talked, I had to lower the volume on her. <laughs> That's just me normally. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's true. And, and it's just trying to get I had the gain up a little too high too so you could hear gross mouth noises every so often coming from my mm. mouth <laughs> it was like an AMSR podcast that you never asked for and it's really hard to remove that stuff in the post editing and I'm not by any means a professional I have no experience with audio and post editing so it's basically just me looking up YouTube tutorials and trying to figure it out so trying to hit that decent quality considering we're on a budget and we don't have professional recording studios that's that has been an ordeal but I think we've definitely improved in that area I think you have done a the job and I also in the beginning you kind of drove yourself a little crazy trying to make us sound more intelligent by taking out all my ums and uhs and all of your likes so <laughs> you so have true. since embraced our speech patterns and here we are, friends. Sometimes I still take out the likes because there's so many <laughs> that if you have noticed that I say like a lot in an episode, consider that there were twice as many than what you are hearing because I say You're it's... on the cutting room floor. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I, I became a little less precious with the way I was post. I just had to let things go because if I didn't, it could take me like... No, I just did it. <laughs> it could take me several days to get oh, even just a one-hour episode completed, and that slowed down our schedule. Which brings us to the next thing. Do you have any commentary on scheduling and release dates? Uh, I don't, because I don't really have too much on that end of things. I very graciously let you near the ship. Uh, really the only other thing I have noted here as far as the podcasting process is that I have learned another very important lesson that I cannot allow cats to be trusted in the room with me when I'm recording. 
as they are understandably intrigued as to what in the Bumblebee tuna I am doing underneath the blanket talking to myself. <laughs> there was a very dramatic moment in the Fungus Among Us episode where we were recording and fittingly enough, my cat Ouija jumped on my head, tearing down my entire recording apparatus um, and she was promptly evicted and banned <laughs> from further recording sessions after that. So um, I now have to record by myself and I hear them running up and down the hallway behind that closed door right now as we as we speak. Oh cats. So my my two my two points were I'm under a blanket and cats are jerks. <laughs> Very well said. The only other point I had was I was looking at our release schedule because it was very inconsistent at the beginning. I just dropped episodes whenever, usually once a week. And then there'd be stretches of time where no episodes would be released for like a, a whole month, just nothing. Mm -hmm. And I, I figured out the secret recipe, I think. Part of it is that creating buffer episodes where when we record an episode, there's usually about two or three episodes already recorded. So in the can. Yeah. So if for some reason we miss a recording session, there's still plenty of episodes and I finish and post edit those far ahead of time so that I can schedule them in advance and then not have to worry and rush immediately to get the next one edited so that it comes out consistently the next week. Yeah. And then somehow every Thursday I forget this happens and then Sometimes I miss um, making a little post about it on Twitter. <laughs> I appreciate your Twitter posts. They are beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, the only other thing to add is I am enjoying getting creative with the cover art for the YouTube <laughs> side of things. Yes, you've been nailing it lately. And I need to know, I, I saw it because um, we're, we're recording this um, mid-May. And the episode that po um, posted today was a campaign carnage arc number three. Yes, three. That has Launchpad doing his uh, Lost Boys saxophone solo. And his head is so small in the picture that you used. You made it smaller, didn't you? I did. Okay, good. <laughs> but I made like, it. Oh my God. How did she not tell me it was that small? <laughs> yeah, I did it in such a way that... It's smaller, but it's not that much smaller than it was originally, so that people would, would kind of second-guess themselves and be like, wait, was it that small? And then they'll go back and look and be like, oh, but it's still it's small. Forcing people to check their notes. <laughs> Spectacular. I love what you come up with every time. It's amazing. It is a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. I, I like making memes. I like drawing stuff. I like your drawings, too. And I'm going to mention your time turtle is going to come up a bit later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's very ominous. Uh, yes, it is. I just, because at the drawing. beginning, it was just, you know, I posted an episode and maybe just a screen cap from the episode that was topical to maybe something we had discussed. But it's just mm -hmm. kind of fun. And for me, the personal rule is I refuse to dedicate too much time to it. It can't be Perfect. something that eats up my time or takes up my energy. So that often means that it's like a really cheap edit. And I think that just makes it funnier. Spectacular. I enjoy it greatly every week. What did she do this time? <laughs> Very rarely you'll show me what you've done beforehand. But, uh, with the exception of 
I think when you when you actually draw things, like you were so excited to show me the the blender headed <laughs> Taurus Bulba, and he was my avatar for quite a long time because <laughs> I loved him so much. Uh... Yeah, it's spectacular. All marks across the board. Yeah, that's about it in terms of what I've learned about podcasting thus far. Yeah. And I mean, I think basically what I've learned about our podcast in particular is that we started this to just kind of talk to each other. And I still kind of feel like we're doing that to an extent. But knowing that there are people out there who are engaged in listening, it's like, oh, we're just hanging out, being friends. You guys are like one of our friends. Yeah. Hi, friends. (laughs) Then the next talking point I was given by my glamorous co-host here. It's just to kind of touch base on Darkwing Duck uh, in general, why it's so, so important to us personally, and what we hope to see from the future of the show. Share us your thoughts, Kitty. So, uh, I know I mentioned somewhere along the way on the podcast that I reconnected with the show during a difficult time in my life, and it gave me something to fixate on, for better or for worse, um, but uh, basically a bit of silly escapism and serotonin to get me through. And since then, it's become a major comfort show for me. Like when times get hard, I kind of just throw on an episode that I know that I like uh, for some sweet, sweet nostalgia. And I find myself doing that, like, really, as far as, like, the fandom goes, I kind of vanish for, like, maybe 10 or so years. (laughs) And when things got real bad again, I just was like, I need some ducks. And I just kind of tapped back in. But I think more than just like the quality of the show itself, as hokey as it is, that the friends that I've made along the way are the true treasure. And we were actually talking about this before we started recording. I tried to go back to see if I had the first correspondences between Ange and I, but I couldn't find anything because we certainly had talked before the first thing that I had found. But she found our first, basically, hey, thanks for a watch on DeviantArt. And we've been friends 16 years. 16 years, Ange. 16 long, beautiful years. Our friendship could have a sweet 16. We should throw it a sweet 16. Give it a driver's license. I'll chip in half. (laughs) So I didn't find my my first run-in with Ange under her Super Mario Brothers alias at that time. But I did just scrolling through my notes, just keep seeing names of like these ancient messages and seeing so many people who I connected with over the, over the show. And it hit me like right in the heart. People have come and gone from the fandom as they do in any fandom or any online space. But I really do hold a warm spot in my heart for the buddies I had back then. The pre-Ange age of uh, my Darkwing Duck exception, uh, obsession and you know of course even more now in the Ange and beyond years it's a beautiful thing to have such amazing people at your fingertips despite like the geographical distance something that some fans might not even register in this current internet age but you know like back in the day when I first found like I was starving for content for Darkwing Duck and before I even knew about like DeviantArt or I don't even think MySpace was a thing yet I found one fan site and just was like, here is all the art I've drawn. And she's like, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. These are great, but also I only have so much bandwidth on my site. 
you should come to DeviantArt. So I've found like the community through the community, which I think is was is great. But yeah, the show is great. The characters have endeared themselves to me, as have the folks that I've connected with and, and held on to along the way. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Round of applause. Mostly I love Herb Muddlefoot. I'm not afraid to say it. That's what you will be known for forever. Be on my tombstone. <laughs> Here lies Kitty. She loved Herb. And people are going to think I was a pothead. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> this, she loved Herb real big and then like a little asterisk and underneath real small says Muddlefoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... You, you covered part of what I was also going to say. To start off, I really don't know what the secret sauce in Darkwing Duck is that has made me so fixated on it for so long. Because I have like other shows and video games and stuff that I enjoy. But it's always Darkwing Duck that I keep coming back to. No matter what other movie or show comes out that I'm enjoying. There's something about Darkwing Duck. It's it's my cozy little home. And it's like you said, it's a comfort show. But I don't, I can't even pinpoint why. There's just, it, it's not just nostalgia because there's plenty of shows that I watched as a child that I'm nostalgic for, but I don't obsess over them and make fan characters for them and fan art and stuff. So it's, it's even hard to say why, but there's just something very special about it. And obviously I'm not alone in that because we have so many people in the fandom, people who are older and younger than me who feel the same. So, But as you said, the big thing that I realized is it's the path that it's taken me down and how much it's impacted my life. And I know that sounds really corny, but looking back at where I was when I got into the fandom, which was my first year of university. Yes, I know I'm, I'm old. But at the time, I didn't even know what I wanted to do with my life for a career. I just went to university because I was told that in the future, if you want to be successful and get a job, all you need is a degree and it doesn't matter in what. Patu, I spit on you people who gave me that horrible advice as a teenager. Thanks, boomers. <laughs> Thank you, boomers. <laughs> the millennials of today are just shaking their heads because that advice aged like yep. milk so badly. It sure did. Yep. When I was in university trying to make my way through a biology and psychology degree, which involved writing a lot of papers on subjects I did not actually care about and it was just a matter of getting through it just to get the degree. I basically spent all my free time in the Darkwing Duck fandom and meeting people and meeting Kitty in particular was probably the biggest one because what happened was a lot of weird experiences in my life are because of her. For <laughs> Oh, I think that's a compliment, hopefully. Well, think about it. Because of you, over the past 16 years, I dressed up in a furry bikini and went to an anime convention and got up yeah. on stage in front of thousands of people 
to do a dance. What was the song that we danced to? Oh, it was Black Eyed Peas, Boom Boom Pow, We Were the Darkstalkers. Yes. <laughs> that is not something I ever would have considered doing. Like it, I'm not a person who can handle being in front of crowds or being on stage or performing or anything like that. And yet somehow I ended up going to the U.S., hanging out with Kitty and all her friends that I got to meet along the way. And that was just one of the things. And, you know, you took me to New York City where I got to finally see Times Square, which had been something I'd wanted for a long time. Because when you're, I don't know if this is, applies to Americans too, but outside of America, you grew up with a lot of American media. And so many stories take place in New York City and in Times Square. So as a kid, it was like, I'd love to go to Times Square someday. And I did. Well also, didn't your um, grandfather, like, sculpt the, who was it, Apollo? Hermes Prometheus. Statue in Ro Prometheus in Rockefeller Center. It wasn't my, so it wasn't my grandfather. It was my, I forget. So his, it's the artist Paul Manship. He's, I can't remember if he's my great uncle or, like, he's, he's a connection of my granddad's. Like, they share the same last name. He, yeah, he was a sculptor and he sculpted the Prometheus, which is that big statue at the Rockefeller Center that everybody skates around on the skating rink. It's like a big, I don't know, gold something or the other. Yeah, if you know the, the, the ice skating rink and Rockefeller Center, I'm pretty sure Hawkeye fights a whole bunch of people in the Hawkeye TV show on that ice rink. That big old gold thing. And just like, oh yeah, uh, one of my relatives sculpted that. It's a out of here <laughs> <laughs> it is true and yeah so we we did go check that out because i remember wanting to see that and i know that at the time when we the first time we hung out which was 2009 the show heroes was still on and still good mm. for a while yeah r.i.p heroes yeah and and then there's the uh the episode where the character named hero he can uh he can teleport was his power and he accidentally teleports to Times Square and he's standing around in Times Square and then he looks up at the sky and he goes yata so I did that that was like what I did I went to Times Square and I shouted <laughs> I stood there in the middle of like the the hustle and bustle and I shouted at the, at the sky and Kitty took a photo of it it's beautiful uh, you're a tourist doing tourist stuff that's what that's what they expect yeah and it was just stuff like that uh, from there that led me into, of course, meeting other people throughout the fandom. I met people, you know, like who worked on the comics, like Aaron Sparrow and James Silvani. And because of that, I ended up going to San Diego Comic Con where I got to meet Tad Stones. It's just this weird chain reaction where being into Darkwing Duck helped me meet so many people just through fandom and you know, going, it was mostly going to conventions and meeting people. And I've met, I, I can't even count on my fingers how many people from the fandom specifically that I've met in person. You're the one that I have seen the most. <laughs> yeah. Quality over quantity. Hey. And then from there, that also my interest in Darkwing Duck spurred me to draw more because at the time, my art was still kind of in the beginning stages and I was losing inspiration. I 
didn't want to draw much. I couldn't find anything to draw. And so when I got into Darkwing Duck again, I started drawing a lot, a lot, a lot. And over the years, my art became halfway decent to the point where I said, maybe I could actually do this for a living. So I switched out of my career of vet tech, working in the emergency animal hospital for four and a half years, which was a nightmare, and went back to school, took animation, and now I'm working in the animation industry. So I I honestly don't think I'd be where I am now if it hadn't been for all those little adventures along the way, or as Kitty says, all the friends we made along the way. All the friends. <laughs> yes, I I remember when you were telling me you were going back to school for animation, and as you know, I'm very reserved and do not encourage people at all. Then I'm pretty sure I just was like, "Yes, do it, <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it, do it. Make me a Darkwing Duck show." So we're still we're still working on that, and then it's a perfect segue into our next talking point there as far as the future of the show. And I generally don't try to get my hopes up about things that I would be crushed if they didn't turn out right. Um, I feel like what we got with the DuckTales reboot reboot was fantastic. I really enjoyed it a lot. I find that that's very rarely the case when trying to breathe life into old IPs. I'm looking at you, Rescue Rangers movie. So I will watch whatever they do, regardless. Even if it's a hate watch, it's who I am. I'll, I'll watch it. Um, my favorite book series finally got an adaptation of characters I'm head over heels for, and the show is so glaringly awful, it infuriated me that I have to space out watching the episodes for like months at a time so that I don't rage myself into cardiac arrest. Uh, I'm still going to finish it because I want to see if it has any redeeming qualities. And if you want to watch it or if you want to know what I'm talking about, the book series is Terry Precious Discworld, uh, based on the books of The Watch, which are the guards of City of Ink, more pork, and the show is called The Watch, and it's cherry-picked and smashed together all of the plot points from a dozen different books, and it's by BBC America, and I don't know, people might love it. It might get fans to read the books, which is a win in my book, but I think the long and short of what even a bad Darkwing Duck adaptation might do is it might turn folks onto the 90s show, and I mean, really, what more could we want? Because yeah. I feel like uh, DuckTales kind of did that as well. Like, people who, like, who's this Darkwing Duck guy? Or, you know, I don't know if they went back and watched the OG DuckTales, because that's, I think, a little rougher than Darkwing Duck. But I feel like we got a few new folks in circulation for the old show because of DuckTales reboot. Tell me what you want for the future of the show. If there ever is a Darkwing Duck reboot, I know they have announced it with Seth Rogen, but it's at this point anyone's guess as Mm. to what's going to happen there. I think actually, so by the time this episode released, let me just check the calendar. Okay, next week is, as, as of recording this, the Rescue Rangers movie will be dropping on Friday. And... At that point, the only episode that will have dropped from us is the final part of Campaign Carnage. So I don't know if there will be any news by then because I don't know if they're going to put a Darkwing Duck cameo. I, I, feel, I would be surprised mm-hmm. if they didn't just because it's a Rescue Rangers movie, which is part of the Disney Afternooniverse. 
and it was very meta and when they teased that post about the movie on Twitter, they had a Darkwing Duck reboot or movie script in the background. Mm -hmm. So that might be something we'll be talking about in the near, near future. Or we're strong enough to talk yes. to watch that movie. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to try and watch it the day of just because if there is any like exciting Darkwing Duck stuff in it. I want it to be a surprise and not me logging mm -hmm. on to the internet to like 50 screen caps of it. Gotcha. As far as like the future things that I see for the podcast or would like to do for the podcast, contest would be fun. Um, I, I mean, ideally in more short term, I would like to put some more effort into our logo covery thing. <laughs> I slapped that baby together real quick. Podcasts have been really fun. Always would like to hear more from uh, more listeners too. Maybe we can have themed episodes if people want more interaction with us, like reader-suggested episodes or something to that effect. Because I, in particular, have not watched so much of the show in so long that I genuinely do not remember a good chunk of the episodes. If there is an episode that you think off the top of your head, like, oh, Kitty would absolutely hate this episode, <laughs> please drop us a line and I will make myself watch it so that you can hear me sigh heavily. As far as like merchandise and stuff like that. Um, I will give you a forewarning, everyone, right now. I have a, a frothing, boiling hatred for Funko Pops. Um, so no offense to Funko Pop lovers, but they are the gizmo duck to my Darkwing. So if we do a merchandise episode, I will probably go off about how much I hate Funko Pops. And that is my disclaimer and my warning and my promise to all of you. I know a few people who hate Funko Pops with the force of a million suns. I'm kind of neutral on it. I do have all of, I have Darkwing, I have both the Negaducks, I have Megavolt, Goslin, Launchpad. I don't have that tiny little Morgana because you had to dig through mm. a million of those blind boxes and she's like 40 bucks on eBay, if not more. So, yeah. Oh, that could be fun because there has been so many crazy stuff like fanny pouches and all kinds of stuff. Fanny bags? I don't know. I can hear Nem snickering right now. But that's what we call them in America, okay? <laughs> the little bags that you wear around your waist. <sighs> yeah. And lots of stuff that you have to dig out of cereal. So that's all I had prepped for our pre-prepared questions. You want to hit me with some listener statistics? Yeah, we've got some interesting stats. So first, I'm going to preface this with saying that the statistics are mildly skewed because the way it's set up is we have a podcast host that we upload the episode to and then it goes out to all the different places that you can listen to podcasts and it collects the demographics from that. But our YouTube account is separate from that, just the way I had set it up. So the YouTube statistics are not included in our general podcast statistics. So I collected both separately mm. and it's fairly illuminating. So I'll start off with the general podcast statistics, not including YouTube. So our most downloaded episode of all time is episode eight into the Muddleverse, which was our Negaverse episode with mm -hmm. approximately 101 downloads. Oh, that's a good number of Dalmatians, too. 
Yeah, and I'm going to say it's because it's called Into the Muddleverse and the Muddlefoots <laughs> just lured them in. As they do. Siren song of the Muddlefoots. But coming in at a very close second at 100 downloads is episode zero. Let's get introductory. And I think that makes sense from a logical point of view because if you're starting a new podcast, generally you start with the first episode just to get a feel for it, which mm -hmm. is unfortunate because I think in terms of sound quality and we hadn't really figured out the rhythm of the podcast at that point. So it was probably really sloppy. Mm. But a hundred people have apparently downloaded that episode. Um, if you're still here, thank you. Yeah. Finally, I'll say our third most downloaded at 89 downloads was It's Turtle Time, which was our Darkwing <laughs> Duck annual. And I'm saying that is probably because of your beautiful time turtle artwork. I think it... People, people suddenly thought we were... a Teenage Ninja Turtles <laughs> podcast. And they're like, oh, what's this about? <laughs> I will draw more five-second sketches on my phone. And we'll get them all, and We'll get them all. Please do. Now, <laughs> for our busiest month, because the way it shows me for the all-time statistics, it's like a graph that goes up and down with like a bunch of hills and valleys. And generally, like, we don't get a whole lot of listeners, which is fine. Kind of goes up and down, up and down. But for some really bizarre reason, we peaked really high just last month in April 2022. There's, I don't know why. Like, the rest of the graph is just, like, a general kind of lowish. And then it hits April and it goes, Boo. this is the only way I can describe these visuals. <laughs> with no I can see them. They're beautiful. I appreciate your sound effects. But it says 418 people downloaded our podcast in April, which oh. is the most in a month. Look at us go. Long distance high five. Next, I have a breakdown of the countries where people are from, our listeners. The mm -hmm. vast majority of you, 72% or approximately 1.1 thousand downloads, mm -hmm. come from ye old. United States of America, which I think makes a lot of sense. Yep. I should clarify when I say 1.1 thousand, that's not 1.1 thousand listeners. It's just that however many people download any of the episodes, that's where they're from. But it could be literally like one person who downloads all 30 episodes and then another person downloads a 30 episodes. So we don't have over a thousand listeners. No, we have over two million. <laughs> Chump change. Coming in second place, though, <laughs> is Canada at 10%. Yay, Canada. But not too far behind is Germany at 6%. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it must have been the Kiki Erpel talk. Yeah, now I feel bad because I have butchered every attempt at trying to say the German titles, so sorry to to any German speakers out there. And then coming in at 3% is Australia, which is our good friend Nem, I suspect. They. Uh, Mexico at 2%. Hola. And the UK at 2%. Hello, governor! And then after that, it just 
divides up into like a dozen other countries all over where at least one episode has been downloaded from a person in that country. So I won't list them all because there was like 30 of them. But what I will say is that the final 2% was labeled as unknown. And <laughs> I, I choose to believe that that's space aliens. The space aliens yes. are listening to us. Exactly. I'm just like, what is this? What are ducks? We're learning about Earth through us, Ange. And we uh, are sorry, people of Earth, for what comes next. Independence Day is going to be our fault. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me at this point. It would not surprise me. But speaking of listeners, the platforms that you are listening to us on, not including YouTube, the vast majority of you, 23%, are listening through Spotify, which makes sense. Spotify is probably one of the most popular streaming services, and it's, I think it's fairly accessible to a lot of people. So, yeah. 22% is just other. And I think that's because when I post the episodes, they go up on our website and there's a embedded player. So if they're going directly to sleeplesstcanard.com and listening, that probably accounts for that. Mm -hmm. I would like to think that some people are listening to us on a ham radio. I hope so too. We've got Apple Podcast at 15% and Samsung Podcast at 14%. And then I was confused by this. We have iTunes at 7%. And I don't, I thought Apple and iTunes were the same company. Uh, yeah. But I guess I not. Know. I guess there's iTunes where there's podcasts, but I think there's also Apple podcast. I, I don't have a, a, an iPhone or anything like that. So I'm not quite certain. Maybe you have to download on iTunes and you can just stream on Apple podcasts. I could see that being the case. The last one is Google Chrome. And I'm not sure how people are listening through Google Chrome, <laughs> but I assume that's just like it's embedded probably into something and yeah. then they're listening to it through that. Yeah, like in browser. Yeah. They're just playing the little dinosaur game when there's no <laughs> internet connection listening to us. I, I would appreciate that. Yeah. Make that, make that T-Rex jump, boys. After that, we've got our YouTube analytics, which were... Interesting. So in total for our YouTube channel, we've had 2,109 people drop by. And in terms of episodes that most people clicked on, once again, the Negaverse episode Into the Muddleverse was the episode that most people click on with an average listen duration of 4 minutes and 55 seconds. Because it gives you... <laughs> It gives you a listen. It gives you the average time that people are listening before they close the window. So apparently okay. you tolerate us for almost five minutes on that episode before going, nope. That's that's more than most people give me. So I appreciate you, I even do. though you're not here anymore. I do. I, yeah. I greatly. But but in terms of episodes that have the most hours on them, meaning that listeners listen to them probably all the way through or more people listened to a longer chunk of these episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, it was our happy 30th anniversary where we covered the Darkwing Duck show Bible and the curious tweets of Tad Stones. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. There we go. And on YouTube, 
54.3% of people watch us through their mobile phone. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> YouTube knows all that stuff? Oh, oh, it gives me everything. It can break down everything from age to gender and location. We're, we're going down a deep dive here. Oh, boy. Oh, my For, gosh. Yeah, 40% of people watch us on their desktop. I say watch in the sense that it's a YouTube video, but it's audio. Okay. And then... 77% of people find the YouTube channel from an outside source, like a link that takes them directly to the episode, mm -hmm. which makes sense because if you post it on, say, Twitter or elsewhere, they're going to click from there instead of coming from inside the YouTube. From inside the YouTube. Another 20% come from Facebook, which makes sense because I have the Facebook group there. So anytime I post an episode, there's people coming from there. 12% from Tumblr and 10% from Discord, which is probably when I post episodes in Discord servers and people click on it Ooh, there. There you go. And then 24% are from YouTube, meaning that YouTube recommends our content to people and they dare, they dare click. To see what they dare click it. and listen for four minutes. Yes. Now, here's my favorite of the statistics. <laughs> okay, so it tells me... Are you going to tell me how we're, how we're skewing with the 18 to 24-year-olds? I hope not. Because... You got no spin! <laughs> so, it shows me this search, what people type in to search that leads to our podcast, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, boy. So... Yeah. What people searched on YouTube that led to us specifically. So 8% of people typed in Darkwing Duck, and that's how they found the podcast, mm -hmm. which is makes sense. 7% mm -hmm. typed in Sleepless in St. Canard. So they're probably people that heard about it or they didn't bookmark or subscribe, so they just type it in manually in the search. Mm -hmm. And then we veer off course completely to a single person found us through searching FNF Sonic EXE 2.5, <laughs> which I Googled. <laughs> I Googled uh -huh. it, and it's a Friday uh -huh. Night Funkin' game mod. I don't know if you've oh. heard of Friday Night Funkin'. It's like a, a game no. where it's like a dance beat game. <laughs> okay. So, Is that what you made the Negaduff dance to? No, no, that was Miku okay. Miku dance. <laughs> And then another person found us through typing in Ray McGovern. Oh, um, maybe because of Terrence McGovern? That's what I'm thinking. That's what I suspect. But even then, I have no idea. And then our final one, and the one that I can't even. <laughs> one person found us by typing in women bound and gagged. <laughs> Wishful thinking, my friend. Um, and it, I, I did a deep dive into that one because it tells you exactly. Oh, I'm sure you did. Uh -huh. <laughs> it tells me when they looked it up. And apparently this person did the search on January 17th of 2022. So if that was you searching for women bound and gagged mid-January. We know. We know. We know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, 
here we are. A woman bound and gagged cast. <laughs> and, uh, you found us. Our true secrets revealed. Analytics. Very interesting. They're, they're very yeah, illuminating. They Why would they show us for that? <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure I want to know. No. No. <laughs> like, unless we were talking about somebody getting tied up in a show. But I don't, I don't think, I don't think it shows what we talked about in search results. What I think it's just, I think it's our descriptions, like the description of the episode and any tags that I put in. And I can assure you, I have never tagged it as women bound and gagged. Well, now you're going to post this one as women bound and tagged, <laughs> bound and gagged. You're going to type uh, Ray McGovern is a wimp. And we have a whole new bunch of, of hashtags to put in there. Oh, my. There it is. We'll get our core listeners back. We'll get you back. I'm crawling on back <laughs> to us. <laughs> it, it is an interesting set of statistics. I think we only probably have a few handful of regulars. And I appreciate and love each and every one of you. Because I think it does take a certain constitution to be able to listen to the two of us talk for sometimes up to almost two hours uh it's true it's very true we appreciate you listening to us go on and on and on and on and that is it for statistics beautiful beautiful round of applause Ray. the last thing that we have was a listener mail that was sent in i think right after we did our listener mail episode and I don't know when we're that much. Yeah, and I don't know when we're doing our next one. So I thought it would be topical, anyways. Mm-hmm. So sent to us on April twenty first. This is from somebody named Am, and Am says, "Hi, I've been in and out of the fandom since the old haunt forum days." I've made OCs, role-played on and off, and it wasn't until now that I am actively wanting to contribute in some way. It's only now that I'm starting a fan blog on Tumblr, and so far, no one is following yet. How do I get people to interact with me and my blog and get known in fandom instead of struggling to get my content out of there? Thank you for reading. Well, thank you for writing. And I feel like this is definitely an and question. Because I do not, I don't, I don't do anything. <laughs> I, I just post for myself and see what happens. I will, I will say I, I was writing an essay in my head for this one. Okay. This is a two-pronged thing. First off, it has to do with where you're posting, but also what you're posting. Because Darkwing Duck in general is very niche mostly due to the fact that it is a show that's 30 years old. And while the DuckTales reboot did reignite interest in it, and we've gotten lots of new younger fans, I would say on the whole, interest in Darkwing Duck, and especially in the older 1991 show, it's pretty hard to uh, find people or attract people for that because it is such a... it's, It's an older cartoon, and... Most of the people who listen to it as kids are now in their 30s and 40s, and they're probably not 
the people who would be on Tumblr. I say as somebody who is somewhere in that demographic and does have a Tumblr. Same. Same. But that is part of it uh, to consider. Because even so, Anne mentions, mentions the old haunt forum, which is a forum that I created and ran for several years. And that was back before social media was really a thing. So everything worked differently back then, because if you wanted to talk about a subject like Darkwing Duck, you needed a gathering spot for that. And aside from maybe DeviantArt and fanfiction.net had some forums back in the day, I think they might still there wasn't really a place to talk about Darkwing, which is why I made the Old Haunt forum and why it was pretty active because there were there were other forums for Darkwing Duck, but most of them had died off or they were using a certain forum host that shut down, so they lost their forum. Mm. So what I'm trying to say is that social media kind of bungled things up because back then it was super easy to get everybody to come to just one location to talk about Darkwing Duck. But now it's split up between all these different social media platforms. You have Tumblr, which is where you're trying to build a following. And Tumblr had a mass exodus about, what, two years ago? Um, maybe longer. I feel like it was pre-COVID. Yeah, it, w it was because they, they decided to crack down on adult material and I mean, let's be real, I guess porn is something that brings <laughs> breathes life into a platform. If if you can if you can get away with posting adult content on a platform, they will come. Oh, that's poor wording on my It's <laughs> perfect wording. <laughs> it was like a one stop shop. You could find anything whether you wanted to find it or not. Yeah, and because of that, you had a lot of content creators. And when Tumblr cracked down on that, they all fled. And most of them went to Twitter and a few other places too. But I would say Twitter was where most people took off to. And the DuckTales reboot as well. Most of the DuckTales reboot fandom, I think, takes place on Twitter, the younger demographic. So depending on what you're trying to build and who you're trying to attract. If you're just on Tumblr, you're only going to attract whoever is left on Tumblr, which is a weird mishmash of, you know, older people uh, who stuck around afterwards, people who are lurking and might be checking out your stuff but aren't really interacting. And the people who are just starting to return because now they're coming off Twitter because what's his face there? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Yeah, he, he bought Twitter a couple weeks ago. And since then, there's been people have been moving about and trying to find different platforms. So some people have returned to Tumblr in the past couple weeks. And I've been seeing a lot of memes about it because it's fascinating to see the ways in which certain social media websites have certain customs, the way in which things are tagged or understood and the algorithm and all that stuff. So all of this to say that if you just have a fan blog on Tumblr and nowhere else, 
that's probably part of the reason you're having trouble is because it's probably just a very small portion of the Darkwing Duck fandom is already small enough as it is. And you're basically in a tiny, teeny little pie slice of where some Darkwing Duck fans are found because they are at Facebook. Uh, I would say the older, the oldest and original fans are mostly on Facebook. I know that the Files podcast, they have a little community over there on Facebook. They have a Facebook group, and I think they have their own group of friends and listeners, and I think they do their own like Zoom calls and stuff like that. So that's one group of people that might not be on Tumblr. And then, like I mentioned, the DuckTales reboot fans, a lot of them are on Twitter, so they might not be able to see that either. So... I would say the problem is it's harder than ever to actually gain a following as a fan-related blog unless you're specifically offering something that is popular enough to pull people in to be interested. Like if you were a fan artist and you were drawing a lot of fan art of various pairings, for example, you'd probably start getting a lot of followers just because people love that pairing and they want content for that pairing. But if it's just a general blog where you're reporting news or you know, just general discussion, it's a bit harder to attract people. I agree. Um, I think it also, I, I don't really know the content of your blog, but if it's basically an OC blog, if it's primarily an OC blog, then you have to pepper in some canon characters in there to at least get people looking at it originally because I find in you know just in my years like of being in fandom outsider I don't ever feel like I was super like into the fandom like entrenched in it but I'm more likely to look at a picture of an OC if there is a canon character in it that I like yeah that makes sense I don't know if I've seen this specific person's blog. I think it's a general fan blog for news announcements and just Darkwing Duck content. So not just mm. original characters. But okay. again, because it's such an old show, it's also really hard to take pre-existing content and make it interesting to people unless you find a way to, you know, like making a, a, a GIF set where you take some screen caps from the show and... You add some subtitles to it and post a couple funny moments. That's actually gotten me quite a bit of reblogs on Tumblr is just like a negative humor. Yeah, like a negative yeah. gift set with like some of my favorite negative moments with subtitling that shows funny stuff that he says that attracts people because it's like, oh, I, I like this character and this is a bunch of funny moments. So stuff like that where you not only discuss the content, but you find ways to transform it to make it interesting to people or relatable. It has to have spin. It has Just to like have Goslin's. spin. Yeah. <laughs> We're finally warming up to it. Yeah, I think that's solid advice. Yeah, um, and and even just how do I get people to interact with me in my blog? A lot of people are shy and they mm. lurk. So there might be more people than you realize who have seen your stuff and they're just not saying anything. I mean, I have been an active member of the Darkwing Duck fandom since I met Kitty. So, what, 16 years? Mm-hmm. And even with all the artwork I've posted over the years, 
and I've posted fan fiction, I've posted fan theories and headcanons. It's actually not super often that people comment on my stuff. Like if I post a piece of fan art, I might get at most three or four people leaving comments about it. And sometimes I don't get any comments. It's just like dead silence and maybe some people will like it or reblog it. So even when you are producing a lot of content, some people are just really quiet and don't actively interact. But they're, they're out there and they are watching. I know that sounds a little creepy. Always watching. <laughs> Always watching. As a serial lurker myself, I can confirm that I, I do a lot of lurking. Yeah. It's like intentional stalking or nothing. I just scroll on by because, I don't know, to Abby. And, I mean, I've had people, like, points in time where I thought I was completely invisible and nobody knew me. And then out of nowhere, I'll post somewhere and a person will be like, hey, I remember your stuff from like 10 years ago at this one specific place with this one specific post. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I, I didn't think anyone knew about that or remembered that because it was so long ago and I never got any feedback on it. So that's yeah. so there's a bit of an illusion there. People see things, but they don't necessarily acknowledge it. Or yeah, like interact with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, and it's nothing personal, I think, either. I think just a lot of people are passive with fandom. They they just kind of quietly want to look at stuff. Or maybe they're genuinely just shy and intimidated, and they might be afraid of bothering you. So they don't say anything. All valid, all valid points. Do you have anything to add to that? I, you, you, as you said, this was you deferred to me, and I, I said a mouthful. Oh, well... I don't know. I, I've always kind of just been, uh, as far as my experience in the fandom goes, as I said, like I've never really delved too deep in it. Um, even when I first found it, it was like there really wasn't much actively happening when I first got into the fandom of Darkwing Duck. I was basically just throwing stuff out there. It's just like, well, I'm going to make content. I'm going to do it, and I'm doing it for myself. If people like it, cool. If not, whatever. I'm doing it. So I feel like that's a big thing, too, because if you're living for likes and if you're trying to get people to look at your stuff, I don't think that there's really anyone that's ever like, oh, I've hit the perfect amount of followers. My life is complete. Like, you can't judge yourself by the attention span of fandom and people especially in the you know the modern internet age where i can scroll through 49 pictures on tumblr in two seconds just by a swipe of a thumb it's I, I, attention spans are getting so much shorter so i know that's not a particularly heartening answer but if you're enjoying yourself it's the most important part i think well said and I just have to laugh because when you mentioned putting your stuff out there, I was thinking about the fan fiction you put out back in the day, which I think is how I, I'm trying to remember how I actually found you. And I think it was, I found one person on DeviantArt and because all the Darkwing Duck people were clustered together and had favorited each other's stuff, I just jumped through everybody's profiles and I remember reading your stuff. But now I'm just thinking about that time that I casually mentioned you in a Discord server and someone went, Kitty, 
as in the ice queen kitty and then they started <laughs> citing <laughs> and then they started citing yeah. your fan fiction and i sent oh you a God. screenshot like look at that you made it in the world <laughs> oh my god the fanfic that is probably older than that person there was when we when what was the second darkwing duck episode in the, the ducktales reboot was it let's get dangerous if you want to be technical the first time we saw any hint of darkwing was beware the buddy, the buddy system, system. Yeah. Right. and then uh duck knight duck returns, knight returns. But the then, big one where it was with Goslin, the last yes, one. That was Let's Get Dangerous. That one we watched on a stream and somebody else was streaming it. And I just popped in. It was something ungodly, like one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I'm an adult and I'm going to stay up and watch an hour long cartoon at one o'clock in the morning with a bunch of internet strangers. And I popped in there and uh, somebody in there was like, oh my God, are you the Ice Queen Kitty? I'm like, oh, yes. Hello. <laughs> they remember me so it might not be i don't know like somebody chomping at the bit to say something to you now but who knows maybe 15 years down the line <laughs> someone will be like oh my god are you the ham i don't know oh it's it, so true i die of embarrassment a little bit every time i appreciate everyone every one of you who remembers me from my super angsty dark retelling edgy edgy edgelord days but i appreciate you but i also die with shame a little bit <laughs> they're waiting for you to finish that last fanfic let's see this is why i'll never read them on loud <laughs> <laughs> so here we are here we are Ange. 30 episodes in a year into a podcast to next what what show this is it for darkwing duck right we're gonna start at a Mighty Ducks podcast next or Quack Pack? Quack Pack for sure. Absolutely. Duck Thulu for sure. Duck Thulu for sure. This was fun. And uh, hello to people all around the world. We appreciate you. Yeah. And uh, the next time you'll be hearing from us, it'll be right back to business with the crossover that Ange loves so much. The crossover. I hope you're all. I hope you're all ready for that. Get your listening ears on. I'll try. They don't look very different from my regular ears, though. I have to warn you. Duly noted. There you go. All right. So, yeah. Let us know if there's any episodes you want us to watch, or if you have any suggestions, thoughts, queries, uh, or. God knows what else that I can't think of right now. Send us a line at our email address. DM us on Twitter. DM us on uh, Facebook. We are accessible. We are here for you. And uh, you're looking really nice today. Your hair is extra glossy. Your skin looks amazing. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And remember that crime doesn't sleep. And neither do we. Thank you.